Hey, this is Rachel True, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Now I pray like a chair, send my truth to the wind. Apparently, I should be reading this to you. Avoid legal snags by telling people that they're being recorded. One would assume that all the people that were invited to the podcast that voluntarily chose to be on it did understand that we were being recorded, correct? What? You're recording this? Motherfucker. Wait, really? Wow. <laughs> I'm out of here. Well, as long as no one else ever hears, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to the numbers, Steve, that's not far from the... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> sad trumpet. Sing. Womp, womp. You know, I thought I was being funny, and then Steve opened his mouth, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God, there has been so much stuff going on, guys, that we have to talk about tonight. It's the Geek Sheets. Guys, we're doing it. It's the end of August. We've missed the the Geek Sheets. Uh, we missed them in July, but honestly, did, did we really miss anything? Not so much. With The big stuff we're going to be hitting. And the big stuff is all the stuff that was announced to D23. Yeah, there was some stuff at San Diego Comic-Con, but eh, other sites cover those. We're not worried about that. So we've got all the stuff from D23 that we're going to be talking about tonight on this episode of GGR Pirate Radio. But guys, i got a great group of panelists. I guess panelists is the right word. Uh, who are going to be joining us for this podcast this evening. Of course, I've got my two cohorts in this podcasting crime that we commit every single week. Uh, it's the co-founder of GGR uh, and the co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, the first one, his name is Steve Monick. Uh, just so everyone knows, we're not paid by Disney. <laughs> we're just going to talk about them a whole stay, lot. Well, you should be, damn it. <laughs> if only, if only. That would solve all of my problems if that's who was you know, offering me a job. But the other co-host is not just the co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. It's also a host of his own podcast here on the Greek Geek Refuge. It is called The Overflow with MC Brooks. He's also a very talented musician and lyricist uh, working on all sorts of great stuff. In fact, I can't even tell you. There's a secret project that he's working on that you guys might get to hear very, very soon. I got to hear a little bit of it the other day. I was very excited. His name is MC Brooks. Wasn't me, though. It wasn't you? It definitely wasn't. Oh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> we've also got, we've also got uh, the founder and host of Fantastic Forum, which you can check out on fantasticforum.tv. But it's not just a show. It's not just a television show. It's also a radio show, which you can hear on WERA 96.7 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. His name is Ulysses E. Campbell. Thank you, Michael. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you guys so much for being on tonight. We're going to go ahead and kick these geek sheets off here in just a minute. But I wanted to try something new. I wanted to go just kind of round table and just talk about like what's going on with you guys like right now. Uh, Yuli, you're a busy dude in general. I know some of these things you can't talk about because there's like non-disclosure agreements and things like that. But as far as like the acting chops go, you got some stuff uh, in the works right now, correct? Oh, yeah. Always have some stuff in the works. In fact, I got a message uh, yesterday about something that could be really cool again that I can't talk about. But, you know, I was I was absolutely delighted. I mean. It's kind of messed up because um, I'm on hold for uh, a day next week, which was the day of the It screening. And I would really kind of wanted to see It Part 2. And if I yep. work on this thing, I probably won't be able to see It Part 2. But, um, you know, I got to make that money. I got to make that money. Hey, I wanted to ask you, too, actually, um, about you had mentioned a project and I was telling Sandy about it. And uh, again, I'm not going to mention the name, but it has to do with a pizza joint. And you being essentially like the focal point of this commercial for this pizza joint. When is that commercial coming oh, out? Because I really want to see that. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I suspect that that's going to be one that comes out uh, at the beginning of the NFL season. Because, oh, okay. uh, yeah, because the, the nature of it um, – it just uh, actually hell. I mean, I guess I can tell you I didn't sign an NDA for this, but it's oh, okay, uh, cool. Paisano's Pizza, and um, you know I'm uh, I've, apparently I've ordered some carryout, and um, you know uh, it's little miniature Ryan Kerrigan who delivers it. You know, <laughs> since you've got you know, everybody see like little miniature Ryan Kerrigan all these commercials. 
And so, yeah, uh, you know, so I, I answer my door and I don't see anybody. And here's little miniature Ryan Kerrigan. And I got to look down and there he is with my food. And so and because of what because I've seen and they're eating and little miniature Ryan Kerrigan is standing on the t- beginning of the season because, you know, that's when you want people to be ordering the carry out. Oh, yeah, the big game is on and, you know, you don't want to leave the house. And so, hey, get your carry or get your delivery order from Paisanos and here they're going to bring it. So, um, you know, which is fine by me. I mean, I had actually, I was a little disappointed when I didn't see the thing, but you know, then, Hey, it was preseason. <laughs> so it's like, obviously more eyes are going to be on the thing, uh, you know, if it's during the regular season. So, uh, anything where I get to open my mouth and show, showing your face is great, but if you get to open your mouth, that's generally better. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of hyped about that. That is pretty cool, though, man. I mean, I mean, like they're not a big like national chain, but they're local and like they sponsor the Redskins too. I mean, you see Santana Moss on the commercials, you see Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, like that it is pretty mm-hmm. cool that that yeah. When you said that, I was like, oh, sh- Yuli's gonna be the face of Paisanos. Like I was super excited. <laughs> that, so. Well, you're very kind. I thank you. Of course, that check is and- already spent. <laughs> <laughs> MC man, you you seem to be a, a man of many talents who is always working on something. What, what's what's the current project you got going on right now? Uh, well, the main one being uh the seeker one that you kind of mentioned before. Uh, making making some strides on it. Um, I know in the in the group I kind of mentioned something about it, and so right now I'm kind of working to kind of implement some of the uh, suggestions uh, from that from that thread into it. Um, so hopefully that's probably what I'm going to be working on this weekend. Aside from that, uh, just shot a music video for better days. And oh, that's right. That was last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just based on what I've seen of it, I'm really excited <laughs> to share once it's, once it's fully done. Um, yeah. so hopefully that'll be out in like the next, uh, couple weeks or so. Um, aside from that, mm, Dark Dawn 2, almost done. Almost done. Yeah, it's about nice. it. Nice. Nice, man. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to both you and to uh, TK Walker, who is not joining us this evening because she's still working on her uh, new true crime podcast that she's going to be doing. But you guys have been killing it in the the group and in, in our GGR group that we have on Facebook. You get just constant like memes and posts and like you guys are just on it and just funny, like hilarious stuff that you guys are posting. Like some of the memes are just like absolutely killing me. <laughs> And I'm going to pull up the one that was like, that was especially funny that like had me dying uh, this week. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, uh, let's see here. Oh yeah. I, I posted one about um, it's a mashup of movies where it's a, it's got snow white uh, laying down uh, because she's been poisoned by the apple. And then it has Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction stabbing her in the chest. Oh with a, yeah. And adrenaline <laughs> needle. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one. Uh, let's see here. Oh, our friend Charmaine, uh, who used to be your ride when you would drive down here to Fredericksburg, MC. Uh, she yeah. was at Galaxy's Edge in Disney World. Uh, she got to be at the new Star Wars land, and she sent us some awesome pictures. So it was it was really pretty dope. Uh, the post that we all kind of want, we pretty much all agree that we want Idris Elba to be uh, John Johns. We want him to be the Martian Manhunter. Oh, uh, people commented. It only seemed like I saw one person. Yeah. Uh, no, we, I mean, a couple of people gave it some likes and, you know, I liked it. I mean, okay. I mean and nobody, <laughs> nobody contradicted it. So therefore, I, as far as I'm concerned, that's stamped as approved. So we're good. Uh, the Power Rangers one was fun. We talked about that one. Uh, it was Jack Kirby's birthday. So shout out to uh, the legend himself. Uh, what would be his 102nd birthday was August the 28th. Uh, oh, this is actually a, a fan of ours. Uh, Ryan Shanahan um, posted a really, really funny... Um, it shows the Demogorgon and some of the other monsters from Stranger Things playing a, uh, a they're playing their own version of Dungeons and Dragons, recreating what happened in the series. And it's actually pretty funny. So you guys should check that out if you get a chance. <laughs> oh, and then I found, yeah, there was one where there's a picture of the DeLorean at a 1950s uh, McDonald's. Which you got <laughs> yeah. like, to look at it for a second. And you're like, what, what's that? De- oh, there it is. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Oh, this was, yeah, like, just, I'm, I'm just so impressed with, like, our fans adding stuff here, like, 
this has just become a cool community where just everybody is sharing stuff. Yeah, like, hey, apparently, yep. yeah, you you shared this one, MC. Anthony Mackie confirms he won't be the new Captain America. What the hell? Yeah, I I, I do kind of think that's some misdirection on yep. on on Marvel's part. Like, kind of kind of like how we always see stuff in trailers and then you see the film and it's not there. Like, it's I mean, it's probably a technicality. Like, yes, when the show begins, he will technically not be Captain America, but by episode four, yeah, boom. Or, it's, or Bucky starts off as Cap or something like that. Yeah, like, who knows? Yeah, there, there's so many different things that it could be. Um, but Steve, as far as what's what's going on in your front, man, any big news? Anything uh, currently kicking around? Yeah. Um, I <laughs> you mean, got, just you right got your son geez. joining us right now. Yeah. yeah, Jack's here playing with a coaster. Trying to get him to learn some words like Marvel and Star Wars and stuff. Well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um but I figure it'd be a lot easier if you know if he's up and ready to go for when number two comes. Yeah. So that's kind of what's happening in my life right oh, now. Oh, we're, you're we're announcing that it's official. Oh, nice. Oh, Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. Congratulations! You've been on your job, boy. Go ahead on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. On on that note, let's go ahead and kick off this episode of GGR Pirate Radio. It's the Geek Sheets. We're talking all things D23 starting right now. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Start your computations for time warp. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn same. thing. So you just put him in the morgue. You goddamn right. This is called Pirate Radio. <laughs> it is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as only one did. $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If <laughs> you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. This is called Pirate Radio. Paying heels. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Poorly clever. Make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. This is called Pirate Radio. Before you started. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lunsford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally gonna use that too. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, it's the Geek Sheets tonight. We're talking about all the awesome announcements that came out of D23, but I'm not doing this alone. As always, I've got an awesome crew with me who's going to be helping out for the podcast tonight. Uh, joining me is the co-host and co-founder of The Great Geek Refuge and the co-host, I'm sorry, the co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. His name is Steve Monick. We're in for a good one tonight, I think. Oh, indeed we are. So if if we're like a tandem here where it's like, I'm assuming because you're taller and hairier, Steve, that you would be Chewie and I would be Han Solo. <laughs> that would make that would make MC Brooks our, our Luke Skywalker because he's our third in all of this. 
And I just told you his name. His name is MC Brooks, and he's joining <laughs> us for the podcast tonight as well. If it were up to me, we'd be having a bad one. <laughs> so we've also got <laughs> the host and creator and executive director of all things Fantastic Forum. It's got its own website. It's fantasticforum.tv. It's also got an awesome podcast uh, and radio show. So let me focus on the radio show because you can hear that tomorrow, Saturday at 4 p.m. on WERA FM 96.7. But it's also a podcast, which I'm not going to give us a shameless plug here, but it's on iTunes. So just go check it out there. You don't have to do it on the website, but it is on Great Geek Refuge if you really want to. But his name is Ulysses E. Campbell. Thank you so much. Delighted oh. to be here. So, all right, now, now, if you're Han and Steve is Chewy and uh, Brooks is, wait, wait, who'd you say Brooks was? Brooks Bruce. is Luke? He's Luke, yeah. You're, oh, okay, I mean, come right. on, dude. You're obviously Obi-Wan. Oh, That's okay. That's no-brainer. Okay, yeah. all right. I can live with that. <laughs> you're, the, you're the wise master uh, that would make uh, Trisha, she would be Princess Leia, and then Rambo would obviously be C-3PO. Hey, he's polite and has nothing, a lot of nobody. information. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I think he would be more R2-D2 because like he's because R2, we don't know exactly what he's saying because we're not getting a droid translation, but he's always got something snarky and funny to yeah. say. So I'm assuming, yeah, Rambo's R2-D2. Yeah, I was going to say he's a little sassier. He, he, <laughs> he, he ain't always polite. <laughs> this guy. <Yeah. laughs> so, guys, let's kick the geek sheets off. It's time for the Geek Sheets. Here's the big news this week in the geeky, nerdy world. So this is the Geek Sheets. This is Steve Monick's baby. So I'm going to let him run the show from here, Steve. Tell us what we got, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like we said in the uh, the open there, it was D23. And for, you know, like the six people who don't know what that is, it's... Uh, like a comic con, but for all the Disney stuff, it just big expo and there's huge release news and you get little posters and trailers and teasers and all kinds of good stuff. So uh, we thought we'd go uh, into that a little bit deeper. The first thing, which is one headline with many, many topics underneath it, is all of the items that are coming out uh, in the Marvel, the MCU. Uh, there is a plethora of TV shows uh, we've got some more information on some of the Phase 4 stuff that's coming out, like some release dates, got to see a little bit, um, some confirmation about uh, some other properties going to be in the future, like Blade and Fantastic Four. So, really, we can start wherever, because we could spend three whole podcasts just talking on this topic alone. Yeah, I think that, like... The the one that I want to start with is Marvel because Star Wars has got like a lot to to unpack, but Marvel, I mean, also has a ton to unpack too because, man, that that is a friggin' lineup, dude, and like, and it's not even done. There could be more stuff too. Mm-hmm. So I, we yeah. we've kind of joked in the in the article about like share you know sell your your Netflix shares here, but like for real, you know, Disney Plus is coming out swinging. You know what? Let's let's start with that because it wasn't an official topic. But if you look at the thumbnail, I do have a little image of Disney Plus on the thumbnail because it, it's a very important part of of all of this here. And not only that, like for for those who are uninitiated, Disney Plus is going to be Disney's new streaming service. And you want to talk about a company that had a had a plan in place. Disney knew what they were doing because they were like, oh, we're just going to merge with Fox, 20th Century Fox. No big deal. Don't worry about it. It's not, it's not even that big a thing. Um, oh, but by the way, we're doing a streaming service and it's going to have pretty much everything. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. And just dropped that. And mind you, all of it's starting to make sense now because there's the Netflix stuff that happened with all of the Marvel properties. And everybody was like, why are they canceling all these great shows? We all kind of knew that it had something to do with Disney Plus. At least we thought so. But now it's really starting to come together and you're starting to see Netflix sweat a little bit because their price has gone up at pretty much every single year for the last couple of years. People are getting kind of frustrated. They're going to be losing content because they had a lot of the Marvel movies on there for a while. And like Disney Plus just looks like it's going to be a behemoth. But not only that, too, uh, at D23, they were announcing a special where like you basically can lock in essentially like four dollars a month for this thing if you buy two years of it. 
And three, Sandy and I jumped years. all over or three years. Yeah. Sandy and I jumped all over that. So we already have it and you get Hulu included in it because they're part owner in Hulu. So it's like th- this might be a real big blow to Netflix. This might really mess them up because Disney is going to have the lion's share of good content, I think. I mean, Amazon will still get their piece because they're Amazon. But man, this might really, really, really hurt Netflix. If you're locking it in, you know, that's that's that whole, um, well, I'm not going to throw more money at Netflix kind of thing. I'm already locked into to Disney Plus if they're equivalent services. Um, my theory is that Netflix eventually maybe just becomes like a production company. They end up just kind of making content for others as opposed to hosting their own content. Maybe I'm way off base there, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a yeah. possibility, but I mean, I think they're always going to have a place as a streaming service just because they're they're the daddy of it all. You know, they were the ones that really kind of started this concept. But um, but MC, go ahead and weigh in on this, man. Well, I was going to say the thing that Netflix will have hanging over Disney Plus is that they're not afraid to have mature content which we know for sure Disney Plus won't have. And even though, yeah, they, they do have Hulu for, for that, um, I don't, like, they haven't confirmed that they're producing anything specifically for Hulu, just that the stuff that does already exist, like the Deadpool franchise, is going to be on Hulu. So I think th- there's always going to be a market for, for Netflix just from that regard. And, I mean, r- despite the fact that they, part I mean, part of the other thing that kind of goes into them canceling the Marvel properties was when they initially struck that deal. I mean, obviously working with Marvel is going to get people to sign up to come check them out. I think, you know, a couple years down the road, they've produced enough franchises that are pretty much successful that they don't really need to go outside like they did a couple years ago. So I think there'll be a market, still be a market for them because I mean, uh, you know, you, you still have 13 Reasons Why, you still have Mindhunter, you have a boatload of other franchises that, that they make that they're going to be producing for themselves. So they'll, they'll, I, I don't think Disney Plus is going to knock them down just yet. But I mean, everything that they've put out so far from the cost to the bundle deals to what is available, what's going to be available at launch to uh, what we have confirmed through the next two years coming from Marvel uh, for there. So they're off to a good start, I would say. I mean, and I would, I would think too, that there's gotta be enough room for, for all in this, in this particular instance. Like, I feel like you, I mean, cause you've got Hulu, you've got Netflix, you've got now Disney plus coming to the, coming to the game. You've got Amazon, but then you've also got the DC streaming service. You've also got, uh, YouTube, there's like well, Prime or Red or whatever. Yeah, there's that one, and then CBS has a garbage one too, <laughs> um, which basically it's like Star Trek, and then there's the new uh, Jordan Twilight Peele, Zone. yeah, Twilight Zone. But like, I mean, then there's all the CBS content there. But like now that they've remergered with Viacom, which I, I was gonna let Yuli go into that one because that's like he just talked about it on his show. So like, um, give us maybe a little bit more insight on that one. But like. I feel like there's enough room for all of these guys, right? Like it, nobody's really going to kick each other out because I feel like what's going to end up happening is, is this is where they're going to get their money from because cable's starting to die off a little bit. Well, it kind it kind of makes you wonder too when when enough is going to be enough. Also, because we know NBC, I believe, is doing one because you know stuff like The Office is going to be leaving Netflix in the next year, year or so, and probably the other NBC shows that they're on there. So it it's going to kind of speak to how full circle stuff is, which is people started giving up cable to start moving towards streaming. So probably the next thing that's going to happen is instead of selling cable packages is going to be, Hey, here's this package with Netflix and Disney plus and, and CBS for your thing. Yeah. Where you, yeah. Bundling it like that instead, because I used to be a huge cable fan. I used to just love having it because it was like, let's see what's on and flip the channels. But I thought I would really miss it when we cut the cord, so to speak. And I, I have not at all because there's so much stuff on Netflix and Hulu alone. But then there's things like Pluto, for instance. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Pluto TV, but it's got a lot of t- free content as well. 
Like you don't even have to pay for subscription service to that. And and like it's like Nickelodeon and like all these other channels that are like basically giving their content for free. So you can do exactly what you would normally do by watching cable. You can just watch these shows. Um, like for instance, Sandy's been binge watching, uh, the Hills, the show that was on MTV, that reality show. Like she watches that, uh, Dawson's Creek, like all these shows that are on, that were on before, but are now coming back again. So it's, it's just like, it's, do you really even need cable anymore when there's so many free streaming services? But I mean, why the, the sports? I mean, that's really the only thing that's yep, gonna right any or any not just sports, but any sort of live sports. live live thing yeah. that you have to pay for. You yeah, know, like until they start like pay per viewing that kind of stuff. Like, and and I know you can even get like league pass and stuff like that. Like, you know, you can. I'm just gonna pay the NBA directly, basically. <laughs> um, but things yeah. like you know, like at this point, as far as like an actual traditional cable package. The only must have really is like events like the Oscars, sporting events, stuff that it's like, I need to see it now because six months from now, it won't really matter. Just the result matters. If I want to watch the event, once it's passed, it's passed. Yeah. And there's so many alternatives, though. Like I'm a I'm I'm a huge hockey fan, but also I've been I'm trying to watch the Nats all season and I don't have any cable outlet to watch them. And I am able to stream pretty much any game that I want, uh, either hockey or, or MLB by searching various places online. I mean, we're called pirate radio for fuck's sake. Yeah. You guys know what I'm getting at here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, like I, I haven't paid for, a a, a hockey game or a baseball game to watch in, in like three or four years. And I mean, we're talking like full HD quality. Like I blew my in-laws away the other day when they came down and I put the Nats game up on the TV and they were like, how are you doing that? And I was like, oh, it's just a thing that I know how to do. And like, I, I wasn't going to try to explain it to them because they're both like 70 plus, you know, like there, there was no way they're going to understand it. But, um, but Yuli, I want you to give me a little insight on this, the CBS Viacom merger. Like what the hell is that even? And why, why, do we, why should we care? Like, weren't they together at one point? Like, wasn't it one big company? Yeah, yeah, indeed they were. And, um, you know, I guess the reason to be concerned about it is because uh, Viacom CBS, which is what this thing is going to be called uh, when this uh, remerger is complete, is going to invest in more movies and TV shows and basically try to sell more advertising um, as they seek to become a bigger player in this whole growing streaming video business. So, uh, and you know, you look when basically cause they, they separated in 2006 and, you know, since then the whole landscape has changed basically, but, uh, Viacom owns Paramount, uh, and, um, Comedy Central, MTV, BET, um, of course CBS has their broadcast network, a bunch of television stations, Showtime, They've got a stake in the uh, the CW, and um, you know so the the idea is uh, and oh also CBS was one of the first media companies to launch its own streaming service this CBS All Access thing and uh, I understand that's six dollars a month and as you guys mentioned they've got Star Trek they've got this revival of the Twilight Zone uh, in addition to archives of old and current broadcast shows. So, um, you know, and, and that's getting bigger, too, because, uh, of course, Disney Plus, um, Comcast, NBC Universal, uh, AT&T's Warner Media, they're jumping in with their own services uh, to challenge Amazon and Netflix and Google and these other tech companies that are uh, trying to get into entertainment. Um, you know, of course, Disney bought Fox's entertainment library basically you know and uh you know they um are that instantly made them you know players behind having this stuff but uh the idea is that this combined company is going to essentially have the best of all worlds premium u.s programming uh that essentially travels over borders and hundreds of thousands of hours of locally produced international programming uh, all available uh, at the touch of a button, basically. And, yeah. um, you know, these companies uh, have also been major content spenders. Uh, and I understand that they've spent uh, over 
13 billion dollars combined in the past year. Uh, so, you know, which is actually close to because nobody really knows, but Netflix is estimated to have spent uh, around 15 billion on content in 2019 when all is said and done. But um, you know, I mean, hey, uh, it, it, it overall, despite all of this, they're going to be small potatoes compared to Disney. You know, of course, Disney. Uh, has a value of uh, close to $250 billion. Uh, Netflix, even, is valued at around $136 billion. Uh, CBS has a market value of about $18 billion, and Viacom about $12 billion, you know, more or less. But, yeah. you know, still, uh, you know, this um, uh, CBS All Access and Showtime together have about 8 million subscribers, you know, which is less than the 60 million U.S. subscribers that Netflix has. But it's comparable with the estimated number of subs subscribers to HBO now. So, um, you know, but they're, they, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing uh, develops. Uh, the, the Really, the big question, I think, right now is whether uh, Viacom CBS, like where their focus is going to be. Is it going to be on subscription offerings? you know, like Showtime or CBS or All Access, or is it going to be free ad-supported ones? Like, uh, you know, Pluto TV you mentioned, which is owned by Viacom. So, um, you know, or you could keep doing both, you know? I mean, you know, I mean, but it's a good deal for everybody. It's an all-stock deal, and, yeah. uh, you know, so CBS shareholders are excited about that. Uh, you know, all together, um, the combined company is going to have about $28 billion in revenue, and um, they're going to save money by combining. So, um, you know, it, I, I think it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, as, as I said, they split in 2006 and CBS and Viacom uh, both remain controlled by a company called National Amusements. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, uh, Sumner Redstone, who's a media mogul. Um, his daughter, Sherry, uh, is the one who is uh, running this thing now. But um, the split was a way to separate Viacom's networks like MTV and Nickelodeon and BET, which were very successful at the time from the growth of CBS, which was slower. But, you know, over time, the, the company's uh, fate sort of reversed. Um, you know, CBS uh, was being run by uh, less Moonbees, you know, and that became more profitable. Viacom struggled a bit, you know. So uh, apparently the re-merger makes sense now because, of course, we're seeing media companies bulking up content offerings to compete better for the advertising dollars. And, uh, you know, Les Moonves was against the idea uh, as, you know, CBS had become the stronger and more profitable company. But when he got kicked out in the face of the sexual misconduct allegations last year, that changed the dynamic. And, uh, you know, it just created a situation that was advantageous to the two of them remerging. So, like I said, we got to we got to see how this thing how this thing unfolds. But, you know, very exciting. You know, one other thing that I just want to say is that the whole landscape of streaming services, uh, I, you know, that that book is still being written. And so, um, I mean, I, I agree with what you guys are saying when you're when you infer that there's probably uh, enough of a market that everybody, I mean, nobody, I don't see anybody being forced out or going broke or going under or anything. And I just don't necessarily think that the companies are anybody's leveraged like that. And, uh, you know, you got companies, you know, like Netflix, of course, which is making a sizable investment, despite the fact that they're losing, you know, that Marvel stuff, they're making a sizable investment in, the original programming and to the point where, you know, geez, I, I, I can think of a couple of instances over the past year and a half, two years where everybody's been talking about what's on Netflix. There was the thing, you know, where uh, the people had to wear the blindfold. I didn't watch it, you know, but I heard of people had to wear the blindfolds you couldn't oh, the look or whatever. That thing. Bird box. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was like a phenomena. There was, um, hell, they had uh, Will Smith, 
in like, uh, you know, he was a cop and it was like, but fairies in the world and whatever that shit, you know, oh, I mean, um... yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, you know, but, and there's been more stuff like that. I mean, you know, they're, they're making splashes all the time and, you know, Hey, like you said, you right. know, Mike, they were the first ones to do it and, uh, they, they did it pretty well It was house of cards. And that proved that people were willing to, to pay for content like that. And, you know, all of a sudden now, you know, everybody is doing it. I mean, so, you know, I think that the appetite for the, the audience's appetite has not been sated. And uh, it, it's kind of a thing where, you know, in some ways the sky's the limit. I mean, you know, all of this is becoming a lot more specialized. Yeah. If you're a Star Trek fan, well, you can watch Star Trek 24 hours a day. I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan. Good gracious, they're going to have stuff for you, you know, all the time. If you like DC, you know, then they're superheroes. Well, there's something for you there. I mean, if hell, if you like my little pug, we're, we're probably Brony Channel is probably <laughs> <laughs> months away. away or something, yeah. you know. I mean, in fact, shoot, what was it? Uh, oh, then this is actually on Netflix, the um, Masters of the Universe. You know, oh, He-Man yes. and all that stuff. They're getting ready to revive that. You know, that's yeah. going to be a big deal, you know. So, you know, there, there's all kinds of stuff that's out there that people can capitalize on in terms of helping to bolster their existing audience or create new audiences for the content. It's, it's very exciting. Yeah, if you can't find something that you like, you're not trying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, the one thing that I wanted to mention real quick that I really like about Netflix and Hulu that they bring to the table is it. And Yuli, as somebody who's been an actor who is a producer of a television show, you can probably speak to this more than we can. But like getting a television show approved or a movie approved or a documentary approved where it would actually be on regular network television was not an easy process in, in, in the past. It was a very arduous process. It was, you got to know somebody who knows somebody. And Netflix kind of changed that because Netflix was like, well, why go there? You can just do it here. And I mean, YouTube was really the one that started this because yeah. like, think about how many people have become incredibly popular and creative and are making money off of just their content from YouTube. And it, it really did make it like, that public access, but like you were getting professional grade quality from it. I mean, think about like those first couple of seasons of Orange is the New Black. I mean, it was all for the most part, no name actors and actresses with the exception of uh, Captain Janeway. But like mm. you, it, it was it was kind of cool to see this thing where you got creative ideas. You got things that may not have been approved by big networks. And then they were like, oh, wait, this is a good idea. Maybe we should start doing this. And it really opened up the market for a lot of other things. And I thought that was just a really, really cool concept of it. And I hope that doesn't get lost with all of these big companies now. Like now that it's a big deal, now that streaming is this huge thing, I kind of hope it doesn't lose that kind of like homebrew feel that it had for a while. Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to worry about that. I, I think that, uh, you know, while it's still, despite all the different avenues for distribution that are available, um, you know, because there there's still only a couple of ways if you're going to get something greenlit and get it on. I mean, you know, and that's either going to happen because there's some network that wants to put whatever you have on, or there is a production company that believes in the thing and that is in a position to essentially pitch it to a network somehow. But, um, you know, it, it's all, it's all financial. And, you know, what we're, one of the things that we see as part of the reason why, uh, you see all these reboots and sequels and, and all this stuff, you know, it isn't, you know, it, people accuse Hollywood of a lack of imagination. It's nothing like that. It's that, Hollywood is trying to minimize the likelihood that these things are going to flop. And so, you know, they say, well, we know that the Terminator people, there's already uh, an existing audience for the Terminator movie series. So, um, you know, if we can get James Cameron to come back and do another Terminator movie, we can put that out there and, oh, we'll get Linda Hamilton to be in it. And, you know, then we know that these people who love this Terminator series you know, a lot of them are going to go and see it and they're going to talk about it. And so, you know, we've got a leg up on trying to make this thing successful. 
or if there is some way that you can acquire some content relatively inexpensively. I mean, that lessens tremendously. Because if, if you don't have to pay for it to produce it, somebody's just got this stuff, or they're willing to produce it somehow, or uh, like I said, it's just, you know, that's one of the reasons why reality television is so big. Reality television compared to scripted television is, oh, it's like, it's like a tenth of the cost easily, you know, and you find these nuts cases who want to be on television and, you know, they're, they're total lunatics or whatever, but people will watch them. I mean, you know, how else do you explain these shows? There's a show where life after lockup, you know, I mean, they find somebody who is in love with some prisoner who's getting out <laughs> and they film it, you know, I mean, this is like, oh my God, you know, but reality television, it's a train wreck. Yeah. And but people will watch this stuff, you know, and uh, and as long as somebody is willing to watch, then hell, I mean, you know, why not put the thing on, you know, and especially if it doesn't cost you anything or if it's relatively inexpensive, you know. So what the hell? So, um, you know, but all that to say that uh, with all the different and, and with all the different because now it isn't just networks. I mean, like you pointed, we've got the streaming services, there's still movies and the direct to video and all this stuff. And, and the new content is needed all the time. You know, I mean, in fact, the only thing I worry about is that people's attention span is too short for all the various content that you've got. I think that's one of the reasons why you have YouTube that does as well as it does, because, you know, a lot of that stuff is pretty short. I mean, if somebody doesn't have to watch something, but for like 90 seconds to three minutes or something, you know, hey, I mean, you can you can make that work, too. So, um, you know, but it's it, it, it's a fascinating landscape. And uh, the more you know about the viewing audience and the more that you can cater to whatever people want or are willing to accept, you know, the, the, the more likely it is that you're going to find something that people want to see. I mean, the next orange is the new black or, you know, whatever the latest thing is going to be. Yeah. Let's, um, I mean, MC, I, I don't feel like you got to weigh in much on this, man. I mean, what, what's your take <laughs> on all of this? And then we'll go into the next topic here. Kind of hit the nail on the head, honestly. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't really have anything to add there. Well, I mean, quick aside. I mean, everybody's pretty much in on Disney Plus, right? Like, they're, we're all going to get this, right? Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> but chances are somebody else in my house will, you know? Yeah, so I, <laughs> I won't have to be, well, I might be the one paying for it, but I'm not necessarily going to be the one who signs up for it. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, Steve, let's hit the next topic, man. Well, Continuing on with Disney Plus, uh, there was a trailer for The Mandalorian. And this is going to be a conversation specific to one show instead of all the shows that are streaming across the entirety of the world right now. <laughs> uh, so, this one for Star Wars fans, um, I'm very interested because I feel like our group, our age group, this is going to be generally popular for i think people are going to like this um but i'm not sure about everyone who considers themselves a star wars fan if they are or aren't going to like this because it does look like it's taking a grittier harder edge approach than than anything we've seen in the movies now granted i'm talking about movies where people constantly are getting their arms chopped off people <laughs> are getting eaten by giant monsters um you know people are getting blown out into space um, so, you know, there, it's not like Star Wars is completely devoid of some grit and stuff, but Mandalorian looks like it might be taking it up a level. And with some of the cast that's in there, um, it looks like it's going to have a very, very interesting tone. Um, and I think that's the, the good place to start the conversations. What do you feel about the tone and are you excited or are you going to be like, eh, we'll see what it is. I just, I, I. I like how it feels like an okay. So you know how Rogue One felt like a Star Wars war movie, like a almost like Saving Private Ryan meets Star Wars. This gives me a Western Star Wars feel. This feels like a like if you took off the masks and the laser guns and you put six shooters and cowboy hats on people. This is a Western. 
and I'm I'm for this, but then there was also aspects of it that look very Star Wars, like there's space battles and things like that. And like I just this looks super exciting and I'm I'm very, very interested in what this is gonna be. Um I don't even really know much about I mean, like I know way more about Mandalorians than most people should. Um <laughs> in order to, you know, fit into, you know, um polite society. But like I really hope that we get some of the, some of the Mandalorian lore that comes with this because they like the the whole the whole planet just has a really cool backstory and like this warrior type people that they are like it just I think this could be some really, really cool stuff that we could get. Well, let me just throw this in, Mike, because uh, I think that and I say this as somebody who you know, was there for the original in the theater. Um, you know, Star Wars, uh, it, it's always been a Western. You know, I mean, that scene in uh, the cantina when Han shoots first, you know, I mean, that's a classic, oh, I got the drop on you here, dude, you know, and uh, it's always been a war picture, you know. I mean, one of the things that Lucas did when he was choreographing that battle at the end on the Death Star. They they spliced together a bunch of war movies, fighter battles. You know, I mean, that's exactly what that was. You know, it's also a love story. I mean, you know, I'll grant it, it started out as like a real kind of funky incestuous love story, but they, they got it right, you know, eventually. I eventually. mean, they're, they're, yeah, there's so many different genres that are covered by this by this uh, by this franchise, I guess, is really what you'd call it. And so, I mean, I guess they've sort of tapped into the Western element behind the Mandalorian. But, you know, it, it's, it's really neat. I mean, from what I hear, it's uh, supposed to take place immediately after the events of Return of the Jedi, when um, the Empire is in general collapse, but has not, I mean, in the sense that the central government is no longer controlling things. And so, uh, you know, you've got a general atmosphere of lawlessness that has erupted uh, in the absence of this broader galactic control. And uh, the, the, this guy, this Mandalorian guy, uh, Pedro Pascal, you know, the star, uh, is a bounty hunter and, uh, you know, rounding up folks uh, for cash. And um, it looks great. I mean, I... Um, I was I, one of the things that impressed me about the trailer was that there was minimal dialogue. I mean, there was like one guy who got to say anything. I mean, you know, the rest of it, it's all imagery and atmosphere. And I'm with you, man. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty hyped about this thing. You know, I, I think that in selling Star Wars, because Lucas was tired of it, he was done with it, he was sick of it. So yeah, pass it on to people who are excited by it and who yeah. feel like it's new and it's fresh and are trying to make new fresh stuff out of it because that's where the fans benefit. Steve, I, I wanted to give you a quick shout out here. Your, your um, analogy that you said, I'm going to read the sentence. It says, how can a line of dialogue excite you more than an IG assassin droid throwing a no look blaster shot behind the back, like a deadlier version of magic Johnson, like just like Italian cook kissing, you know, like this delicious. Mwah, wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, I appreciate but, the compliments to the yeah. chef. Yeah, dude. But also, like the the I I thought the coolest imagery through all of this was that like they took a page. I'm assuming it's from, um, from Darth Vader slash Boba Fett's um book of Hey, let's keep all of our bounties in carbonite. And he had like he had like ten of them just like stacked up. Like that, that was dope, dude. You want to talk about some some awesome imagery? That was really freaking cool. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of leads to like, like you you were saying about how there was very little dialogue, and that painted a, a large swath about how the tone is going to be, and, and some of the imagery of like, oh, so like this whole story about Han Solo getting frozen in carbonite, like it would get to the underground because he was sitting in Jabba's palace for a while. Like a bunch of people probably saw that and bragged about it and go huh, I guess you can keep people in carbonite without a problem. That's a good way to transport bounties. Um, and just some of the stuff I've read about the little nods they're going to make to the prequels and the the original trilogy and some of the other movies, like you saw like the Death Troopers from Rogue One. Like, um, they, I think they were very intelligent not releasing the footage from Celebration uh, a couple months back. I think it was April. 
uh, because it wasn't finished yet. It would have yeah. looked sloppy and it would have gotten some like, oh boy, this whole thing is not looking so good for the first ever live action. Held off, held off. It looks beautiful from that trailer. Oh, yeah. And that scene where he um, zip lines the dude and is pulling him through the door and the door starts closing. I was like, oh, God, is it just going to close on him? Is it going to cut him in half? Like, what's going to happen? Like they visually like props to John Favreau, man, because that dude has got his game down because he he knew exactly what he was doing because he, he raised a ton of questions. He had enough imagery to get people to be hype about this. Like th- this is going to be a damn good series and i cannot wait to see what we got going on with this um and and some of the actors and actresses that are in like you just see them for like a minute or two and you're like what's their story what's what's carl weathers doing here (laughs) yeah exactly right (laughs) what's he here to is he here to challenge somebody to a space boxing match what's going on apollo creed yeah (laughs) yeah yeah no i'm i'm excited about the mandalorian um i favreau really seems to love him him some Star Wars stuff, man. He seems to keep coming back to it. And I, I think it's in good hands because he was doing some stuff with the uh, with the Clone Wars series. He was doing some stuff with Rebels. Um, he voiced yeah, I mean, uh, What's-His-Face in, in uh, Solo. Yeah. The yeah, little, sure. little four-legged, four-armed monkey guy whose yeah. name escapes me at the moment. Um, and then, um, but also that like just Marvel in general, because obviously he was <laughs> integral in the MCU and he's been uh-huh. doing some of the, the live action uh remakes too i mean this dude's all over the place with disney yeah he's he really seems to have found his niche and like it's just it's cool seeing him succeed the way he is because like he directed that first iron man movie and then also seeing him because i i think all of us at this point have seen far from home his role in far from home as essentially the um the steward so to speak of passing the torch to peter was really kind of cool and it's a damn shame that we're not going to get to see more of that. But, um, yeah, it was a really good way to tie up that, that whole series. So I'm, I'm really glad that Favreau was involved in that. But as far as The Mandalorian goes, that's the other thing that I really like about what they're doing with Star Wars. Kind of a, a quick aside here is you're getting a little bit of all of these different timelines. Because you've got The Mandalorian, which is set right after Return of the Jedi. Uh, you're getting the new Star Wars movie, uh, Rise of Skywalker, which is going to be all the way, like, you know, at, at the end of the timeline. Uh, you're getting a... You got Cassian Andor. Yeah, thank you. Cassian Andor, which is going to be right at, like, right before A New Hope. You're getting... Yeah, I think they said that one set uh, three years before Rogue One. Yeah. So they're leaving themselves a little bit of gap in case they want to do a couple seasons of it. We're getting some Clone Wars. We're getting more Clone Wars. We're getting uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, which seems to be a um, an old Republic one. Or I might be con- I might be mixing two stories here because no, I know no, that no, they've that's... mentioned that we're going to do an old an old Republic thing with Revan. Yeah, that's kind of like been. It's like they're flirting with it. It's yeah. like their 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 relationship status is it's complicated. Like that's as much <laughs> as they're yeah. willing to give us, yeah. and they're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Stay tuned for part two of The Geek Sheets. Mike, Steve, MC, and Yuli will be discussing the MCU lineup and have more Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker info. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!